Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. This is your host, Taylor B., just giving this episode a little preface. Our special guest, Green-Eyed Music Lover, is joining us for this part two of our reactions to the Journal of Clovis Bray now that we've had more time to kind of absorb the material. And it's it just, uh, if you kind of have to place it in your head how this episode's going to, how it starts, is just imagine the last episode just ended, part one. Green had come join the chat, we've had some coffee, did a little small talk, and then this is the part where the conversation evolved into uh, the Journal of Clovis Bray and uh, and our thoughts and theories that kind of stem from that. Um, sorry if it starts a little abrupt, we just kind of felt, after recording, that, that this felt so organic that we didn't really want to go back and try to change the flow of conversation. So, you know, hopefully this, this evens out any... Uh, any misunderstanding or abruptness of the show, and with that, please enjoy. Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Each week we sit down and discuss our favorite lore topics from within the Destiny universe. Specifically, we intend to take a close look at a specific question that has been nagging us and potentially the Destiny community as a whole. To fulfill that, our discussions tend to assume that you already have some background in the Destiny lore. Despite that, our goal is to be as lighthearted and welcoming to everyone as possible. With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's topic. <laughs> Did you guys see that uh, Raid Secrets figured out the codes inside of the booklet? No! Mm-hmm. I just linked it in your guys' chat. See that. There's a whole website devoted to like all the breakdown of it. Oh, jeez. Oh, shit. Which weapon was it? Holy shit. (laughs) That's the weapon. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. Like, the whole thing, if you're, do you guys have your booklets in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, I brought brought my notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the front page actually is, like, a code. It's a, a graph to fill in based off of the artifact that you got, like, the little shard piece. Mm hmm it's basically light Morse code in the third position. So when it's blinking, it's giving you kind of a, a code to figure out. And that actually allows you, it's a 63 second code that mm-hmm. allows you to fill in the little graph thing, which spells out the word choose, mm-hmm. which there's a special code on your postcard. Like this is fucking conspiracy shit. <laughs> they have done such a good job of setting this up. I really, really like this. I, we were actually just talking about with the Guardians of Lore how this was, pro- like, at least in my opinion, this was, like, the coolest fucking thing they've done, like, a physical mm-hmm. copy thing they've done since uh, Taken King, since Cade's Journal. Yeah. I, I agree. It's way better than the K1, although I want to go back and reread the stuff that we got for Shadowkeep mm-hmm. because it ties directly into mm-hmm. everything with this mm-hmm. book, which is... Freaky. <laughs> yeah i'm hype i'm hype as soon as he was like yeah this thing like promised me yes what is it clarity right Cla- i keep yeah. wanting to call it charity because that's the name of my sister-in-law but that is not an appropriate thing to call it um but yeah Clarity. We don't even know what clarity is. We just know that clarity talked to him through the anomaly. Exactly. Um, it's it's what he calls it. Right? And yeah, then there's clarity control, which is what he sends the um, 
since the Vex Mind Fluid Theory to produce Alkahest. So it, yeah. it like it must must have some sort of physical presence on Europa. Um, whether or not it's like directly tied to the pyramid ship, or if it's a if it's a uh, uh, just kind of like an artifact of it, or mm. it's it's really hard to say exactly what it is because I don't think he ever really describes it that I can tell. Yeah, he doesn't. The thing that is interesting, like I've heard theories that the little pyramid shard that we get is similar to the artifact from K1. That mm-hmm. it is the connection to clarity or whatever. And like who made these? Like who made the little shard? What why is it around? Like why is that a thing? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're gonna get that all within the next week or whatever when it drops, but But for now it's like there's so many un- unanswered questions it's just in regards to that even. Right. <laughs> I I I well alright, so the way that um the way that the stranger, the way that Elsie's like holding it, mm-hmm. it it reminds me of like a like like she's getting the power directly from it, really. Like so she needs it like in her hand. It reminds me of a like Marvel comics how like the Juggernaut works. He has to have the crystal. Like he has to be like yeah. in tune with the crystal. Now his is a little different. For the longest time, he has to keep it on him because someone right. else could like take it. But I think like eventually he throws it into the sun or something clever. He doesn't actually have to have it with him. Hmm. What'd you guys think of the, uh, what was it, page 13, the notes on clarity? It's kind of physics mumbo-jumbo to an extent. Um, well, so I was, to make sense of this, I was actually reading it like an SAT, if this, then that statement. Right. So like right. a logic problem as opposed to math that kind of like oh. helped me think about it uh, a little easier. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of get is, what he's saying, like, in his example from when he was, a like, his childhood tutor is that, like, given time, things are going to unmix. Right. Like, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Like, even you, even the, the sugar water, like, what have you. Whereas okay, with, yeah, whereas with clarity, all it does is evolve. <laughs> like, the reverse, yeah. like, yeah, like, the slowing down and the bringing time and, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, entropy? To uh, to clarity just makes it change. It like it doesn't unmix. Correct. Yeah, and in, in fact, applying both the reverse reverse the the part that I find the most interesting is providing providing the reverse of clarity is the same as applying clarity itself. So right. it's there is no actual reversing process. It becomes a whole new state of matter uh, as a result of it. So, so it's entirely just fascinating um, that it, it's essentially it just, essentially just keeps moving forward. Like it can never go back to what it was, which makes sense as an artifact of the darkness. Everything um, has to be resolved to its purest form. Uh, I, I guess is what the darkness would probably make an argument from for. Uh, it's it's all about uh, not going backwards. It's about going forwards. I love that he talks about how we exist because the universe began in a state of lower entropy. Mm-hmm. Like, in page 14, like, that mm-hmm. is one of his lines. And it's like, okay, we're going all the way back to Big Bang, which is the idea... Oh, Blue and I talked about it on one of our episodes where we were talking about, I want to say, Truth to... Not Truth to Power, what was the other one? The Unveiling. Mm-hmm. When we were sure. talking about the Winnower and the Gardener it's the unmoved mover it's the original if they're the if clarity is the original mm-hmm. 
what causes the universe to start in the first place like that. That's kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> clarity of God. It, yeah. Well, it's, it, it reminds me of uh, Space Odyssey. 2001? Uh, Kubrick? Sure. The, uh, the Black Stone, the, the catalyst? Uh, I am super familiar with it, actually. Pardon? I'm not super familiar. Oh, okay. With so, that. so just just very quick rundown without like explaining the whole movie to you. Um, it starts out in sort of a that unknown space in the past. So it starts out with uh, that that missing link animal. So it's that that like that sort of ape that man would eventually evolve from. And it's they're very very basic. They have like some some uh, group living aspects, but it's it's very just like you know punch. No one's using tools. Very basic. And then mm-hmm. there's this uh, sort of like obelisk. There's uh, this black um, rectangular shape crashes into Earth, and this monkey that ha- or this ape that had just been um, sort of uh, expelled from the group finds it and he starts like rubbing on it and he starts like like freaking out and right next to him are these bones and he picks it up and he starts destroying like using it like a hammer he starts destroying the other bones with this hip bone that he picked up Mm -hmm. and then he goes back and he kills the thing that uh that it expelled it like the the new alpha he takes the tool and like he defeats this thing that he that he couldn't defeat before and that sort of like is implying that that like starts man down science uh, and like uh mind evolution as opposed to uh, like raw strength mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then it cuts to the future and like we re-encounter it in in space so like that's that's the premise of the movie um so it just kind of reminds me of that uh when you say like the alka has the clarity the uh that's sort of um, like I, I I don't know what that 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 moving force, that unmoved mover that's a that's that's <laughs> propelling things uh-huh. to uh, to completion to uh, to evolution that that only moves forward. So it, it just reminds me a lot of that if it from that aspect. It's super. Oh gosh, yeah, I could I could totally see that. I just really worry of what implications something that only moves forward would actually bring to real life because like you said we exist with physics that will break down we have entropy Mm -hmm. do you think it has anything to do with the old gate with the beings coming through the gate that didn't understand our physics do you remember the gate on the Mm -hmm. moon yeah Yeah, the cockatus gate isn't yeah isn't that uh that's linked to the nine a lot too right a lot of times we don't know if it actually is right. it's also linked to the moon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with everything going on with the k1 project and how clovis bray used them as basic experiments hmm. oh, uh, man well it, i also i also like uh reading how clovis treats i, I like i like how oh, so this this goes back to one of my earliest theories that uh that i i really loved that uh, that you guys uh tackled on on focus fire chat uh when when i wrote it in um you know back when i was in pure fan getting into the lore so that was a big boost to uh, to propel my interest uh in case you ever wondered <laughs> uh it, it goes back to uh the the numbering system for exos uh-huh. Uh-huh. like all right so our exos is each one a copy is each one its own singular thing um uh-huh. do is it expressly to do with the reboots or is maybe 
like, yes, that is indicative of the reboots, but it might not be, like, the reboots aren't what's causing that. Like, I, like, like, things like that, uh, like, sort of just come back up again, because his clone, Clovis 2, he made a perfect clone, and I guess, like, it's, it's really fucking weird, because he even did away, like, he is the father and the mother for this clone. <laughs> but the thing is, the clone doesn't survive. The clone is is the the son, right? Like, are mm-hmm. we talking Clovis yeah. too? Yeah, the one, the yep. one who, yeah. Yep. Like, he doesn't survive, and it's one of the earliest experiments. But he doesn't do a perfect. You, there was one like clarification. He doesn't do a perfect clone because he, in order to do the perfect clone for the perfect brain scan, he'd have to destroy his own brain to get as detailed of a scan as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he talks about where he talks about it in a few different places in the book, but it just wonder. He talks about having backups of all these people, like he's got mm-hmm. these scans upon scans of people mm-hmm. in his vault. He's got a memory stick of people he's get ready to bring back, which makes you wonder: is Cade there? And then it gets the explanation of the Deep Stone Crypt, like how that came about. Yeah, no, and and this just makes me, like, I am actually hopeful that we'll see, we will see something that is probably going to be voiced by Nathan Fillion and will be a Kate thing. At some point, I think we're going to see something. I don't know if that's going to express itself as, like, a new character. I don't know if that's going to express itself as, like, data, uh, you know, like, being expressed or something like that. Like, it it all depends on how the Deep Stone Crypt goes down, to be honest. But I am totally here for and you know holy shit so he talks about he talks about in in the margins right for the uh for der like he's he's writing um especially in in this same part of the book that we're talking about he talks about how is the self-repair uh you know if if causing causing der yeah if you're not if if the mind is not allowed to decay Mm mm-hmm like, is that is that what causes it? Does it have to be reset to a perfect state? And I just wonder if all these minds, these copies are being held in the Deep Stone Crypt. Is that the reboot? Like, it has to be like, uh, you know, to use another term from Alter Carbon, do they have to be spun up each time that they make I mean, a new EXO? It's possible. That's one of the things that I've been curious about is if the reboot actually occurs at the Deep Stone Crypt or if it is a programming thing that happens automatically within the same... Because it's like what ref, uh, refrag, right? Like when you mm-hmm. uh, frag your computer out or refrag your computer out, you're getting rid of all those files that you don't need anymore. You're trying to oh, yeah. reorganize it, and so within the problem of like AI and how, uh, what is it called when they go when what Cortana went in Halo? Uh, what is the term? Uh, oh, when she went rampant. Thank yes, you. There you go. Rampancy. So. Yeah rampant is the uh the idea of too much data right like the mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. ai starts to break down because there's too much data well that would happen within the exos too because the exo with that perfect repair would never be able to get rid of everything because it would always be there it's always perfect sure. which is why he'd have to introduce something that would ironically even though clarity is a constant evolution it doesn't actually break down so he's allowing with clarity with the freaking vex fluid which blows my mind <laughs> moment i'm like no no well, at least he has to refine it at least it's not just like yeah. straight up drinking the vex mm-hmm. milk is what does it for you finally 
that's just it's so <laughs> like the fact that exos have a, a hint of vex to them like we've always theorized that they did but that they've explained it this way it's like all right i'm following you i may not like it but i follow where you're getting like how you got there i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. god I mean, I think it's I think it's so painfully honest with ourselves, though, to write that that's how me, how humanity is able to achieve something by stealing it from a hostile species. Absolutely. <laughs> like Absolutely. it took it took war for us to actually get there, essentially, whether that be like you know production, commercial, or actual war. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, Clovis steals the freaking Vex from Ishtar Collective. Like he's not only stealing the technology from the vex themselves to study he's stealing from another corporation which is somewhat part of his corporation as a like and honestly it makes it pretty realistic it like you can draw real life comparisons to corporations doing that now oh yeah and so you, you by creating that parallel you make the story that much more compelling Mm -hmm. to to draw us in with so i I like it to, to, to that point, I actually really like that because I'm pretty sure that's a plot point to uh, to Batman Begins. Is that he's created so many dummy corporations to order all his Batman shit in large sums that he actually has to steal it from himself to get it <laughs> right. to the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> Through corporate yeah. espionage against his own companies. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just, I, I love the concept of it. <laughs> way more way more of an asshole well it's 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 i mean and he's a good guy and i think they explain it in a way that you don't really think about it very much because you're just really happy he gets to be batman but like honestly it's it's so hilarious because i'm pretty sure he's he's allowing himself to get away with the crime of being a vigilante by committing the much larger crime of international fraud it's like Die Hard. We're going to cover up the crime of robbery with the much larger crime of terrorism. Absolutely. That's how it works, right? Like, you just say something or do something worse to cover up the big thing and then just figure out a way to make it work. I just, I love, I love that mindset that every time it comes up, like, this way included, like, Clovis Bray in the book, he talks to you like, like, he's the fucking genius. Like, that's the only way this ever could have gone down. Uh-huh. Like, like I guess Clovis, like you're in space. I don't know. <laughs> he's such a sociopath. Like it is so fucking clear. He's a sociopath reading through this. Like the way he treats Elsie, Anna, and Willa through this. Like he sends. Like he writes these letters. He only sends the one letter to Elsie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't actually send it to Anna or Willa, even though Anna and Willa have their own projects. Mm. Do you think? The- do you think it was like those are like therapeutic letters? You know that technique where like you write a letter that you don't send. I don't think it was therapeutic. I think he probably intended to send the letter to one of his kids, and he picked the one that was most appropriate. I think I would I would go more that route too. The thing is, with Willow was working on the oh the the mites right? Like she worked on mm-hmm. Siva. She worked on brilliance and all those other mites from back in the transmission crisis Mm -hmm. and then anna's got her shit with rasputin that she's dealing with and clovis doesn't seem to have any respect for rasputin or the concept of rasputin he thinks it's a total waste of time but elsie we don't know if elsie is working on anything also 
do you get the i mean elsie is the daughter of clovis too and inherited mm -hmm. her father's disease mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which means his clone got somebody pregnant well it's so it's 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 interesting clovis too he does refer to him as his son and he does talk yeah. about like the different works that they've written Mm -hmm. um in the thing so i think like he was a public figure i think he just probably hid the fact that he's like a fucking clone mm -hmm. um which is really interesting um and it it makes me it makes me wonder it because what what kills him if i'm not mistaken is they try to put him into an exo before clarity like he dies right before the k1 stuff yes yeah. but he was already going mad because of the disease that he inherited which was essentially the inability to reset he could not go to sleep he was just manic all the time and it was turning his brain into mush because he could never because in order to oh. process as a human you have to be able to reset that's why we sleep and there i guess i've read that differently i no, and i think you're right that makes way more sense i had read that like uh it was the process of trying to copy his brain that made him die no, I I think he was basically um, already dead at that point, and basically the the scan it was one of the initial early scans, so they didn't actually do the the full quote unquote mm -hmm. brain scan at that point because uh, they hadn't developed that uh, as a as a concept. Mm -hmm. uh, so they did the the basic scan, and it didn't come out to um, essentially uh, represent what Clovis II was. That's that's how I took that. Right, but it still killed him to do that scan, and then the scan was not good. Is what like that, if if I'm on the right page there, I have to reread that part. Like I didn't yeah. think they could do a non kill you copy, but uh, well, well, you're looking at that up, Green. It's really interesting that you brought up um, uh, defragmenting because mm -hmm. the uh, the most popular dream in reference up until this point to, of the uh, Deep Stone Crypt is actually fragmenting. If you think about it. Because mm -hmm. yeah. defragging, you don't lose any data. You just uh, you squish it down. You're you're eliminating the the blank spaces between the data that have lingered as you've right. deleted things as you've moved forward. What like that dream though? You were just running through. Like I always imagine a hammer titan with the throwy hammer. Uh huh. Like in that dream, just like like malleting everyone into oblivion. Not gonna lie, I have a uh, an idea that the deep stone crypt now is donkey kong going it. through and just level after level using that hammer on people or i guess it would be mario using the hammer trying to get through <laughs> in the old <laughs> arcade <laughs> game that's how you, that's how you do that guys <laughs> that's hilarious i love that every every fan of ours who's also a smash player like hates you now for mentioning the hammer though you gotta turn that's items off <laughs> You got. You got to turn them off. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's not how you sound. I'm just. <laughs> you're great. You're great listeners. I do not. That's not how I imagine you. I swear. Don't hurt me. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. You're good. You're good. I was just. I interrupted you initially, but you were talking about how it's actually fragmentation because yeah. they're deleting those prior. Yeah. So you're you're, you're creating gaps in memory, right? Because you're not deleting everything. You're still leaving, and I, 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 this is the third time I've done this. I'm going to look it up and put it in the notes, but it's a type of amnesia where uh, you don't necessarily, like, forget everything. You forget, like, the things that have to do with you, but you might still have, like, reactionary memories. So, like, uh, 
you could find out you're good at something like carpentry or like a trade or something that you have no memory of doing, but like you mm -hmm. still like have the innate skills and like uh, yeah. applied experience when you try to do stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're very mm -hmm. functional um, in in that way, and so that like that's what I that's what I think of when I think of an exo reset, or like a mm -hmm. guardian being risen is another good one. You know what's interesting with uh, Banshee as the example, if he's fragmenting and purposefully creating these gaps, maybe he needs a defragmentation mm -hmm. to actually condense all it down so he could really actually start over again. Mm. I, I think he's saying, afraid to do it. Oh, that could be too. Yeah. Because, like, especially after Cade, uh, like, I think it's that one of those last things right before you get ace like he's like almost like crying because he knows he's gonna he's probably gonna forget that he's dead mm -hmm. I, I was gonna say that uh, as far as the amnesia part goes it could be that there's a sort of firmware that acts between the software being the mind and mm. the, the exo body mm. that would automatically be programmed into the the body so you would not need to retain um retain essentially those uh muscle memories yourself uh, by mm -hmm. being transferred into an ex exo body. Um, I, I, I would have to assume that there's some sort of firmware driver that essentially allows you to translate your mental signals into, into the exos. Uh, I actually, actions anyway. So I, I, I have to imagine that there's yeah. some, some sort of layer there. It's actually a really cool idea. Cause if you think about, um, you know, the brain has to be kind of dissected to be put into the exobody. If you think right. about that, mm -hmm. the exobody also has lower functions going on. What if the mm -hmm. brain's compartmentalized as like, you know, like you're suggesting firmware. What if that's like your lower functions? The problem is, is that the only easy. thing that we know that they use to compartmentalize exos that we've ever gotten access to as far as knowledge is DER. That's the whole reason DER was implemented to help compartmentalize things so that they don't, go mad with the idea of uh, disassociation mm -hmm. well it's really interesting because especially or you know it's really interesting if we go back uh, like a couple minutes ago to the idea that they're like spun up every time mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting because it's like a it's like a tape it, it's like a like old like magnetic media right like each time you use it it degrades right sure uh oof. Is scary. That gets that gets you into the whole idea of the echo, right? From the um, oh, what is oh it yeah, the, uh, the uh, what war? Uh -huh. did. Oh yeah, uh -huh. just keeps getting spun up. Yeah, but like he is so freaking powerful now. He's at over, I think it was over three thousand resets. It's mm -hmm. over three thousand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what. It is. He shoots a freaking laser across at her and tries to take Anna out on this on a space station, which I think. Do you think that's the same space station that's orbiting Europa in his notes here? Because there's there is a planetary or like a there's yeah some, it's some it's where orbit. yeah it's in it's in geosynchronous orbit and they take a space elevator down. I yeah, feel like that was around Uranus. I think. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, we all know they changed the name of the planet to Erectum in the future, <laughs> just so we can stop with that stupid joke, Pickles. <laughs> Bro, if that's a Futurama reference. Please don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to double check, but I feel like that's Uranus. <laughs> what do you guys think was the extra things he had hidden from Will, or not Willa, but from Elsie? 
because he he lets Elsie in and he writes this letter to her saying, I know you're going to know that I have things hidden. Don't worry. You're not going to be able to get in there. Ooh. Do you remember that? I, yeah. I have some thoughts. Yeah. I do. All right. So f- first and foremost, I think that there could be like a very dangerous, like uh, almost like evil, uh, evil destiny loop going on between the Vex and uh, the Clovis. Uh-huh. So if they're construction bots, mankind's getting moved out. Like, with the people have gone over, especially as they're time-traveling beings. Uh, it, you know, I, I... I... I could lose count on the amount of theories about, like, the Vex origins. Uh, one of my favorites that came out back when we got uh, Praedest Ghosts in D1 uh-huh. had to do with that what if the Vex were... Uh, human technology and this in this idea there were timelines where the vex were shown fighting alongside frames and all this other stuff in this great conflict against the darkness mm-hmm. and it's like what if they were from a timeline where like we made them now we come back and realize that some of our technology is vex based and what if you just get in this loop where <laughs> it's a self-catalyst like I, you need the I, vex to create exos and then the eventually you from your exo technology make the vex <laughs> Okay, so like the the gate. Doesn't mm-hmm. he talk about how the gate isn't necessarily a time traveling thing, but it's a it's the connection point between multiple timelines. So mm-hmm. the same thing that's happening on Mercury with us pulling things through and pissing off Vance because we keep pulling through perfect paradox and tying more different timelines to our own. <laughs> isn't the gate just that as well? It's it, that's one of the theories because the gate the gate displaces time and space. Um, right. E- e- like even it just yeah. Um, to to your point, I yeah that would be like a multiple thread thing where like instead of time really like time travel being like a linear like forward backward movement, it's this side movement uh, where you move basically. You can go left and right as opposed to in and you can go forward the hard way right. You can like wait and go forward in time. Um, sure. And, but the idea is, like, every other time that existed behind you exists beside you. So you can, you can like, sidestep back and forth, like, if you were able to. And I think that's kind of what's being applied to the gate, if I read it correctly. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting and kind of scary thought. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of sweet in the way, because if that's true, then you're never really dead. Like, you've... You know what I mean? And, like, no one that you've lost has ever, like, really gone. They're just, you know, to well, the it's left. it's like the Schrodinger's, right? Like, yeah. If you look at a specific one, you'll be able to find whether or not they're dead or alive. But until you look there, they're not actually because there's multiple instances of that person within various timelines. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and all the timelines interact. Like, I, I, I try to, instead of, like, parallel lines, I kind of think of it as a, uh, as maybe, like, a fraying rope. Yeah. Of different lengths. So, like, you have these lengths coming out, like, uh, eventually from, like, every every weave. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's a very... At least at least as how, how I interpret that theory. I take it a little more... Uh, uh, hmm. What was that? What was that TV show? Oh, like, True Cop or something. It was on HBO, but it was like, time is a flat circle. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's how I sort of yeah. view like uh, how Vex gates and their t- their version of time travel works, like how they're able to compute beyond like conventional limits, like that type of thing. 
You know what my favorite science in the whole book is? Mm-hmm. Besides, like, the pig one that we talked about earlier? <laughs> the When they go through the gate and they mm-hmm. see the, the blue sun mm-hmm. and the fact of it's actually been refueled multiple times like the the vex are actually keeping it alive mm-hmm. even though god it's such a cool little bit of like it's science fiction for sure because i don't think there was ever any sort of real science that i know of that makes that possible to where the you light could... is there you can be there you wouldn't be burned up by the radiation but they're they're tying all that and refueling that sun mm-hmm and, and then they're extracting the heavy metals from it for mm-hmm. actual production and frames, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which makes sense why they have an unlimited amount of Vex. Mm-hmm. Because they're not mining to get the, the metal. That explains that. Mm-hmm. We it's always a... knew in the, pyra- what is it, the Pyramidian, the creation trailer of the Vex. Mm-hmm. The frames are already there. It's the addition of the mind fluid into it that actually makes them active. Mm-hmm. But where did they get the frames? Now we know. And it also explains the difference in the frames uh, be- over time, too. Because they would have been extracting lighter uh, metals initially from that sun. Oh. And then later on, it- those metals would have gotten heavier over time as they as the star got heavier and they fueled it more. Super true. I like it. I like I like that additional, additional like, little... Because what, what's really cool about this is they're starting to interconnect what were just completely different factions, completely different mm-hmm. uh, points of humanity. Like, I feel like in D1, the Vex were just kind of there as, like, a fuck you enemy. Like, I don't know why they hate us, but they are pissed. <laughs> like, they're... <laughs> and it just, yep. it, gives, it gives all of, uh, between, between then and now, between, uh, especially Taken King, I think when you get their origins with uh, some other enemy factions and... Uh, and learn about the the cause similarities there and I, I I I've really come to appreciate how they are really Bungie is really starting to try to uh tie everything together. Like it's it's impressive. Mm-hmm. They really are. And it's so so many different authors have had their hands on these things that that alone in trying to tie together things that Seth wrote, tie together things that John Goth wrote or John Toe or any of the writers jill's writing like all of it being tied together i i'm just waiting for callus to show up on europa with a <laughs> chalice and be like what took it so long <laughs> he's gonna pull his avala and already be behind the door yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then his uh what is it called his juice his planet planetary juice yeah like, nectar uh yeah the nectar <laughs> Uh, if the Vex are recreating planets using these heavy metals. Callus is eating the Vex. We know that already. It's like, oh man. Uh, I mean, Drifter is also eating everyone. Yes, we're trying to. I think is it the scorn that he hasn't quite finished? I I I don't think he liked the taste. He's That's like, right. Fallen are already kind of chewy, like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think. I think I think I think he did. He had some qualms with the with the toughness of the meat. <laughs> I just love I that he's know. cracked open a hive like a lobster. <laughs> just... I just want to know: Does it taste good with butter? Like I'm sh- <laughs> sure it tastes good with butter. Everything tastes good with butter. I mean, do they have butter? I've not. I don't think we've heard of a cow. They do. 
We do have we have butter. It's the um there's a the darkness butter from the dawn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is how I'm going to apply Dave Chappelle of uh, uh, memes to the show. The darkness butter. <laughs> I think it's a black truffle butter in the cookbook, the oh Destiny cookbook. I have that now. I need to make I need to make some food. It's okay, so we were talking about keto and stuff earlier. There mm-hmm. are some amazing recipes. The chicken recipe, mm-hmm. top notch. It like making the spice will take a lot of extra cash, but once you have it, you'll have a a good amount of it for a while but it is super worth it. it is my favorite way to have chicken now i will i will definitely check it out i want to uh i want to say because i saw they had a fried chicken recipe and as a consummate chicken fryer mm-hmm. i i kind of have like i feel like if i make it i have to let my mom know and i have to let her like write her an essay about why her chicken recipe is better <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i just i really don't know if i'm ready to go back to mla format I don't know if I can cite enough sources <laughs> to satisfy <laughs> her I'm, southern pride. <laughs> Twelve years since I've had to write an MLA. No thanks. I'm good. So, so over it. I don't want to do that ever. <laughs> um, but I want to try that one. And, and you know, both Kari and I, uh, being former uh, bartenders, uh, her much more than me, actually. Um mm-hmm have been eyeballing those drinks and we've been we've been making some professional comparisons and we're excited to uh, to try some i think we've only tried one so far Izanagi's burden is a little different you have to really like sake mm-hmm. uh, what was the other one we tried we've made we've made a few of them we've done more of the pastries and stuff before julie and i got back onto keto but oh yeah la monarch mm-hmm. like sandwiches that yeah. is a crook monsieur mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. yummy super yummy i was i actually that was one of the first ones i uh i uh i tabbed like i have the mm-hmm. little uh, the little post-it tabs I'll, I'll throw in books um and that was one of the first ones i tabbed and i i gotta tell you i was really i was really looking at that and i was like i just want to turn it into a croque madame i just want to add the <laughs> egg yeah and like lay that yeah. melted cheese over it and i was like Part of me was like, that sounds delicious, but you should actually try it the way that they like want you to have it the first time before you go editing the recipe. And I've just had whole, this whole like existential thing about it, so I need to actually... It's super yummy either way. It, I don't know. You can't go wrong with ham and gravy, essentially. Oh, that sounds like so good. gravy. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. I need to do it. I need to do it. I'm going to. All right, you've inspired me. Yes. <laughs> Doing it live. That's the show, folks. I'm going to make food. No, no, no. We're fine. <laughs> Um, I, um, but, uh, but, but going back, going back to, uh, to, uh, Clovis, um, and, and his, a journal here, I was really surprised about his interactions with the Ishtar Collective. Like, I, like, I, so I, I knew that they had interacted. I don't want to say, like, I was shocked, like, what in the world? Like, I wasn't, I wasn't taking a ghast. (laughs) Or, like, which part of that? Like, he raided them! Yeah, and, and it looks like honestly, like my my theory that uh, that Maya was Lakshmi. I, I this really like like in my view, I'm just like, oh my god, 
Like, oh. Yeah, I actually, I tagged Anon Pig because I know he's a huge, huge fan of Maya Sundaresh, and I, I wanted to get some clarification because mm-hmm. Maya worked at Ishtar, and then there's a 40-year gap that we don't know anything about. And then she shows up working on the machine in India. Remember? Like, she goes and works on the the mm-hmm. machine that lets you see into the future. But yeah, probability where kill, she right? that? What's that? The probability kiln? Right? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. no, no, no. The probability kilns are the ones that are in the uh, factions, the, the sundries. Not the sundries. It's basically the like foundries. the foundries. Thank you. Yeah. That's the probability kill. The thing, the artifact or the machine that she's working with is basically what Future War Cult looks into. That machine. Oh, the one, the one that allows the mind forking, so that they mm-hmm. can go into the. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if Maya is working with Clovis Bray, because she goes out to Europa, right? Like we know that now because of this, which likely she's already exo like isn't she an exo don't do we know if she's an exo i know she has a wife i know she has a wife uh by i was not convinced she had done the procedure by the end of the by where it cuts off right but I, she's out uh, there with him doing the studies mm-hmm. conducting the experiments kind of not listening to him half the time and doing her own thing right <laughs> well and they and- already have the vex well because I, they've already done the, the gate because the vex was there to create the gate well, see, he talks about the mood swings. He also talks about DER when he talks about Maya. Part of me wonders if it's a clone, if it's like a Clovis too, but Maya. It could be, but the thing I always just associate, well, I always, as if we've had this this long, I associated his the idea of mood swings with the fact that he is a sociopath and doesn't understand women. Like, he specifically <laughs> that out in the totally journal. That is that he doesn't understand women, that mm-hmm. men are superior in his mind. That is and I th- I kind of so got totally the fair. whole idea that he doesn't understand social cues or have any empathy mm-hmm. for oh, anything. Well, I mean, I no wonder he had to clone himself. <sighs> no one will touch him. Yeah, no. This one. is what we're back to, kids. <laughs> Learn how to flirt with girls. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll become an evil genius and try to <laughs> take over the universe. Yeah, Lex Luthor never flirted with a girl. Never got laid. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> I can't back that up. Please don't, DC Comics fans. Please don't. <laughs> please don't quote me on that, on that one. But, but yeah, like you called out, he thinks she's flirting with him, and then she's angry with him, and then it's just like that's a woman. Welcome to any like I'm married to a woman. That's mm-hmm. both of my wife and I on various days. Like there's just days you don't talk to each other because of it being <laughs> a little unsure. I can, I can appreciate that. And and that's that's actually I, I thank you for the perspective. Like I I I can believe you when you say it, but I don't know if I would have thought of that on my own. <laughs> yeah. That's okay, you're an evil genius. Although yeah. you have a wife, don't you? Or I, I, I live with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I do. I do have a sigo I've lived with for a few yeah. years. <laughs> Just, yeah, I know. I know when to go fishing. There you go. To be a but um, but that's that's actually a very another fair point, um, to to the thing um, and maybe it's that he doesn't understand and there's that he doesn't understand. You know, if if it were a clone, it'd be really funny because it. You know, he would have had to also clone, um, uh, what's her name? Kiyoma. 
Chioma. Chioma, yeah. yes. Which I'm not sure which way, but yes, that's the one. <laughs> uh, you would also have to clone her just so that Maya doesn't go crazy. He does talk about how they, like, when he goes through the Vex gate, right, there is a mm. mention of an exo body going through, mm. but that is a remotely controlled exo body. So there's, mm-hmm. like, frames that they're calling exo bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I think I think all exos are based off those first frames that the Ishtar sent into the Vex network to recover their copies. I think, and he even, like, mentions that uh, they could have shared the technology like they had working frames uh, in one of his little uh, pen-in lines. And I think it's so funny, he's like writing in his own book. Like that's such a narcissist thing to do. <laughs> like I'm going to read my own thoughts for fun. And then I'm going to write cliff notes of my own thoughts. Well, maybe it's one of those things like he takes notes digitally and then he goes back through and reads them and as you're supposed to do for most like research things, right? Like you're supposed mm-hmm. to go back through and see if anything strikes you differently. And then he just writes it in and just never changes it. Oh, that's fair. That is fair. I mean, it could be a very narcissistic, narcissistic thing to do, but I can, I can also see it just being a, I'm going back through and reviewing and catching things. I didn't think of the first time. Got you. Initially, when I read this, I was half convinced that these were notes by Elsie since we get the journal from her. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that too, but the, the, the one thing that was throwing me off is she writes us a note on the on the other uh, excerpt. Yeah. And her handwriting's different. Yeah. And so oh, like yeah. I... And, it, yeah. and it's absolutely not Elsie. Yeah, like, it, mm-hmm. it definitely reads from his perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's not till later that yeah, it's super clear though. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I completely actually, agree. <laughs> I actually wonder if maybe it's uh, like reading reading your own autobiography maybe that's like an exercise in preventing uh deterioration because he's still going through stuff like you know like it's not der yet yeah but he's he he's like his organs are failing his brain is failing he's like approaching the point of no return well, so like, is yeah. she. but that's i mean he that's why he's recreating all these pig organs to transplant right like his body's mm-hmm. deteriorating he's just prolonging his life using these artificial organs mm-hmm I just mean he can't do that with his brain, though, right? Sure. Yeah. But I don't know if he's actually deteriorating mentally, besides just going crazy. Well, yeah, I just I just wonder if, like, it would be an interesting exercise to, like, like, like you wrote this autobiography. Like, read it. <laughs> like, stay you. Like, it's like a, like a weird, uh, you know how, like, uh, all right, in, in other ways, like, things that trigger memories to help with amnesia, mm-hmm. like smells um and uh and other other things to help uh to help trigger uh trigger what might be uh lost or uh, fuzzy memories can uh, that would be very interesting i have no basis for that i just think that'd be cool it's got the idea <laughs> you know what i think likely happens because there's the mysterious what three pages that are torn out two mm-hmm. or three pages i bet you elsie was the first exo successful exo or like first period like she was one of his first successful i would put money that either she was first or he was first and the reason why i think it's hers because he's trying to scare her on page 41 Mm -hmm. that she only has 15 months to live because of her disease right is it yes i'm there yeah 
and, and she has the response of not trusting him. And yeah, then I mean, she calls out the fact that he's a shitty cook. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part of your Luca dream. Oh god, and the concept of the Luca is so fucking creepy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's about the most narcissistic thing I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, he wants to like it's how can I say this? He it's 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 the most Genghis Khan thing since Genghis Khan. No kidding. Like literally the most like that's ridiculous. Well he was just mad at Clovis too for use was it P4? Yeah. The other one, like Clovis wrote the book on it in a way that is accessible to most people. Whereas <laughs> Clovis original is just like, no, make it how it's supposed to be. Make it all scientific and no one can understand your jargon. Because it is a bit of, it's a bit of a thick read. Even this journal, I mean, the journal is, if you break it down into cards, it's still a considerable sized book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, no, it's 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 lovely. I, I really, I really, I've really enjoyed. Like, like even going back through the second time has been, mm-hmm. yeah, has been like educational. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing stuff I didn't see the first time, and especially mm-hmm. like this is a little lost. I thought um, on the uh, on the Google Doc that's out there, mm-hmm. which isn't to say that's not like amazing. They did a great job, uh, but the, the, just like the uh, the pictures. Yeah, and the the different diagrams and like little things that go along with what with what you're reading, uh, are it, that's you should see I, what that looks like too because it's definitely part of the experience. I will say that the pictures have been uploaded to those docs now. Oh they, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got one of them pulled. That's what I'm looking at right. Now, to be honest, I don't have a collector's edition myself, so mm-hmm. I've been looking, so looking along on that. So, so further question. Does the uh, does the symbol on the front remind you of um, any uh, token to a game mode people either love or hate? A very divisive game mode. <laughs> yes, I I do agree that that shares a large similarity in its like both in, in color scheme it, it grants that a little bit and then in just like general shape as well. Well, having read further, I having read further than I did when I mentioned it in the first impressions. Mm-hmm. It it's really interesting because I I I'm still not 100% like clued in on what the purpose of the jade tokens are. Mm-hmm. With uh with Drifter, um yeah, like so I I don't really know, but it's really interesting from the standpoint that both of them have trapped darkness that they work with. Well, you have to remember that Drifter went out to the quote-unquote edge, right? Like, he was mm-hmm. out there, and he and his team, most of them died. He's the only one who survived. Mm-hmm. And there was the, was it, monoliths? Full, mm-hmm. Like, there's things trapped within the monoliths. What if that's on Europa? What if all that mm-hmm. information, like, he's going back. It was a frozen wasteland. Mm-hmm where he went initially, maybe he's going back to it and he initially found a lot of his stuff and his technology because he's a scavenger just like the Fallen are. Yeah. Maybe he got it from Clovis. And I kind of agree with him. Sometimes sometimes the uh, the Dark Age stuff is better than what we do now by comparison. Oh, probably by a long ways. Yeah, we don't well, have necessarily dedicated scientists working on stuff right now. Warlocks are about as what we have. Yeah. 
in the last city. I've, I, uh, you know, the, the, the best case in point though, to, to his argument there that I always just think is the arbalist. You're right. Launching, rail launching a physical bullet is way better than, than shooting an energy rail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much useful. <laughs> so much more useful. Um, but it, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting to me, but like it's both uh, taking like an infusion of of a or like a an article of darkness i think is a good way to put it because i think what they're doing is still different you know because uh him he's like literally hauling a piece of <laughs> the fucking <laughs> he's literally hauling a piece of uh the ascendant realm behind him yeah which is with the, silly. With the help of the nine mm-hmm. i can't imagine what it's like to see him coming like in space like traveling <laughs> Just got this. He's the garbage collector. He is the he's the garbage collector of the the universe. Besides <laughs> Drifter the Grouch. Did you catch that during the Vidoc, one of the devs had an the nine hoodie on or had a nine t shirt on? Mm-hmm. One of the female devs. Mm-hmm. I did I, not. And she mentioned specifically the nine during the Vidoc. Yes, that's very clear that they are interested in Europa. And in fact, I believe the hidden report uh, that's included also specifically mentions the nine's interest in Europa as well, if I'm not mistaken. Where is that? Where is it? <laughs> I, know, I know there was some mention of the nine. And here we go. It's item number seven. Uh, through negotiation and horse, horse trading with her superiors, Awoken Paladin Kamala Rior provided me with the, a device capable of sundry high physics measurements, measurements I will not detail. Reveals that Europa is saturated and in, interpenetrated with dark matter loops. This is a sign of the interest and attention of the nine. Their power and influence depend on the mass of nearby stellar bodies, and Europa falls within the sphere of Jupiter, as a mighty gravi- as mighty a gravitational gatherer as any anything outside of the sun itself. But even in the, this bastion of the Nine, Europa is a focus of particularly intense observation. We have often speculated that Xur is a construct uh, made from repossessed body of a Jovian colonist, but there are no known records of colonies on Europa. So what draws the Nine here? unclear. Their interests are opaque. In any case, the gaze of the Nine is no reason to be prohibit Europa. Europa. Guardians have gone much further into their influence before. So there's, it's pretty clear that the Nine have a distinct interest in what Europa is, what's going on on it, or some combination thereof <laughs> um, that uh, that's definitely drawing their attention. Yeah. I am. I'm. In, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I. I really can't wait to see what we find out because, as I so eloquently stated on the Guardians of Lore show, uh, in the final, the final preview of what I really wanted to see. Yo, do these mm-hmm. exos have dongs or what? <laughs> I think we actually have confirmation on that. I'm pretty sure a dev mentioned that they do have sexual, like they do have the ability to have sexual interactions because that would be part of der. Mm-hmm. That, nice. w- that would be part of their need to uh, do human humanized things, whether it's consumption or excretion or anything like that. Oh man, I'm just I'm just imagining sex like the robots have in Futurama. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> like, like they take off their clothes. You have attachments. <laughs> oh, I mean, I I believe that she's put the time in to think 
about uh, that as as dedicated as she is to her exo. Probably. I um, I I I just I don't know how I feel about. Did you ever see that movie? I think I mentioned this last week, but did you ever see that movie Bicentennial Man, uh, Green? You cut out right when oh, you sorry. said the title of it. So. I'm so sorry. Did you ever see that movie Bicentennial Man? No, I did not. I'm actually not a huge movie buff, believe it or not. Oh, I think we may have gone over this before. Might be. Yeah. But it's a Robin it's Williams okay. movie, and it's about this guy who starts off as a robot and eventually mm-hmm. becomes, like, the oldest uh, human and, mm-hmm. like, along the way, he, trying to become more human because he wants to be human, um, starts making artificial organs for himself and, okay. and and therefore the world. So he extends, like, people's lives, too. And, but, like, eventually, like, he has artificial everything to the point that he went from, like, a robot with, like, a steel chassis to, like, just looking, like, straight up Robin Williams. Like, he had, like, skin. He had, like, an exoskeleton. Yeah. He had a heart. Like, everything. Weird. Yeah. So it's it's, like, a... It's like Clovis is a is a reverse evil version of that. Maybe you know what I bet Clovis. One of Clovis' experiments is the Hydra Minotaur mix of Vex that we see in the trailer. I bet that's one of his experiments. I bet he's merging those two because we've never seen anything like that, like the Minotaur esque with the Hydra head, or not the Hydra, the Harpy head. Sure. Okay. Yeah, the the vex legs and yeah. Uh, yeah, I put a document in the, yeah. in the chat. If yep. you scroll down to, I can't tell what page this is. It's down past the Aramis where she's punching out the servitor. It's the next mm-hmm. slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Again, what possible? Because most of the vex we've ever run into are are combat for, or not combat forms. They're uh, construction forms. Yes, they're uh, all construction forms. Exactly, and so it's like a hydra we, with uh, uh, with minotaur well, legs. Uh, hi- harpy, harpy, harpy yeah, with sorry. minotaur legs. Yeah. So what what's the purpose of this this robot? It looks exclusively to be made for the purpose of combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in my eyes, anyway. So, well, it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's interesting because. Uh, Given given the two the two combined uh, units here, right? I think we like we haven't seen this for sure. Uh huh. But we've seen a combination of that concept before in the in the raid. Splicer. Oh yeah. Because yeah, the boss starts I mean... as a harpy and then ends as a minotaur, like by transforming around. It's but it's like the same boss, right? Which raid are we talking about? No 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 no. Garden Are you talking of, about uh, God? Yeah. The... The har- harpy is uh, there are two different things. One's the consecrated mind, the other one's the sanctified mind. They're two different uh, minds. Ah, gotcha. I don't know, bagels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the two mixed up because they're both the names are very similar, but I know that they're two distinct minds. <laughs> I was because you're like chasing it the whole raid, though. Like it never dies till the last room. It it dies when you blow it up in the third encounter. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I interpreted that differently, but that's not that's not why we're here. I can be wrong later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually really here for this for this new form, though. Um, it's it's really interesting to me now, bagels. When you when you say it's just for combat, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, all right, because once you have like an eye laser that can like do stuff and like tendrils. Uh, kind of going every which way. Okay, like, 
maybe it could be used for construction and and like maybe it has like a like a different function like i could totally see yeah. that being like a uh like a junction mind or a conflux maybe it needed maybe it's it is actually just similar to a regular harpy and the harpy's function of the like that laser that you're talking about yeah. is the harpy they use those lasers constructive wise construction wise because within europa the pressure on the surface of europa he talks about at the very very beginning of the journal <laughs> is so immense that you no one no one would survive on europa it's 2000 atmospheres at the seafloor which that's at the seafloor obviously underwater but it's still significant yeah Yeah. it's a hard environment guys tell me tell me again like i am looking at this with my face dangerously close to the screen and as i look at that heartbeat the the part that looks like remind like invokes like the heartbeat image Uh uh-huh i'm actually wondering if that top part is a head like a like you know, obviously different form, but it kind of reminds me of a of a hobgoblin head, just with like a a third part of the crown. It could be. I could see that. It just has the the wings on the side though too, yeah. like the little flaps on the side. Mm-hmm. And then Did the you notice the vex, and the vex and the exo in the same shell off to the right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yep. I like that. Yeah, that's from the that I'm pretty sure this is from the raid or at least one of the raid areas because we got a hint of that in one of the trailers. I'm hopeful that the DSC is not just exclusively for the raid and that there's actually a story element that takes us in there and then we go to a particularly deep or uh, involved part of the DSC for for the raid itself. That's my hope anyway. Mhm. I, I hope do so. like that. And then Oh, how salvation in a giant mech. I'm so here for giant fallen mecha. I want to be in the mecha. I want to be in the mecha too. I mm-hmm. want to I want to live out my Gundam fantasies in Destiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really want. I'm going to paint mine red and go three times faster. <laughs> <laughs> I want a transforming mech. Ooh. Yellow. Yellow with black stripes. I like that. I like that a lot. As long as they don't get the voice actor for Starscream, we'll be fine. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. He won't be Starscream, but he is going to come back as Cobra Commander. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Cast you, G.I. <laughs> so, I'm so here for that. I would love for there to be a snake-themed enemy who's just basically Cobra Commander. He's a mid-boss. He never actually amounts to much. We just kind of kick his ass randomly, like, every now and again when there's a lull in content. I mean, is, doesn't Clovis have a dream where he's kind of snake-esque? Yeah, like a salamander, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a beast upon the earth, a salamander or an eel. Water passed through that earth as streams passed through a garden. Like, he is so fucking narcissistic. Um, <laughs> I but, am okay. What do we think about the fact that he's getting dreams delivered to him from Clarity? Because the only, like, did we get any dreams from the darkness stuff? We've gotten visions from the Traveler. We've gotten, I mean, it depends on how you want to take it. The dream, or the sequence after the conclusion of Shadowkeep, yeah, yeah. where the your, your mirror self approaches you and says, right. we are your salvation. And, and the creepiest smile possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Is that a dream directly from the darkness? I don't know. Is that a direct interaction as a result of you 
picking up that artifact and you're actually physically taken to another plane of existence to interact. I doubt that more so. It seems seemed more like a dream sequence than it was a, a literal physical interaction. But it's, it's hard to tell uh, at this point. Yeah. As far I, as what degree that does. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, his, his dreams at least started in death too. Like it's, and there's no like record of actual brain activity. So it's almost like a, you know, to, to, to use a, one of Blue's favorite, uh, favorite terms, it's almost like it's a, it's sending the message to the anima. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. As opposed to like any part of the, the terrestrial Clovis one. I'm gonna call him now. <laughs> Terrestrial Clovis. That's so pedestrian. <laughs> so pedestrian. I'm not Obviously. even on that planet anymore. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Oh man. Oh, I know we're we're supposed to be talking about the journal, but mm-hmm. I wanna call out one thing that I don't think I've seen anybody talk about. Do it. In the Vidoc. There is an image of a veiled figure in a location. We've done a veiled figure location before on the moon, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not the same location. Absolutely not. It's not the same place. No one's talking about this. We're going to mm-hmm. see a second one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It makes me think that we're probably going into the pyramid at some point that's on Europa. Um, or there's, or there's some sort of shrine on yeah. Europa to, to the pyramid or the darkness. Well, we know that Aramis is not far from the pyramid either. Mm-hmm. She's set up base pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in the Vidoc. Also that ship that crashes in the Vidoc. Yeah. That is cool. I want that. I kind of want that ship too. There's a, you know what I really, really want though? Hmm. I want a poncho for my hunter already. Right? All these other, like, hunter-type things, running around with ponchos. Where's my poncho? I mean, it's not that hard to make. I just... I... Honestly, if they'd let me, I'd make one. It'd probably be shitty and plastic from the store, but still. <laughs> you could buy one from, uh... Bungie, they have the Hawthorne one. Or at least they used to. I don't know if they still have it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, even Hawthorne gets a poncho, and she's a titan. Right? No, well, okay, she's like an honorary titan. Can you imagine her actually tightening? I, I, okay, like, I imagine her tightening, but I feel like she'd be the hunteriest titan. Like, she would only play throwing hammer. Yeah. Range. <laughs> yeah. She would be that diaper in the back, just setting up a wall and sitting behind it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, and then running away with her lion rampart. Yes. <laughs> Running away, throwing the hams. Yep, that's exactly, that's the mm-hmm. life she would live. Um, I am, the, the shadowy figure I think is going to be really cool. I'm really, really wondering how, I, I just want to know, all right, so I, I've been on, I, I will die on this hill. I just want to know how it's stasis and not ice officially. Like, I, they've, they've hinted at it, they haven't been able to really say yet. I just want to know how it how it's fully presented in game. I just want the breakdown from Elsie to be like, this is stasis and like blah 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 how it works. Like I just I, I need that. Do we know if she's gonna be the one to give it to us though? Like, do we know if she's actually knows anything about it? Well, it, we get we do get the feeling that, or I get the feel, feeling that uh, based on the, the basically the fire team that is uh, Drifter, Eris, and 
Elsie, that uh-huh. there's going they're they're going to be picking up the darkness for for Stasis powers. Um, they've shown that a couple times in in a couple trailers. So I suspect that they're going to be our gateway into. I think the she does hand themselves. us the artifact too. Yeah, in the I've, one, I've seen that in the one trailer. I think she's the one handing us like the artifact you get with the uh, with the collector's yeah. edition. Yeah, I know we get the artifact from her, but I didn't know if the stasis powers came from the artifact itself or if we got it from something else. Mm, I guess that's a good point, too. I just assumed, because you know, one than the other. Aramis, how did Aramis get it, and how is Aramis giving it to everybody within the Fallen? Well, she ooh. uses she uses them. Well, yeah, they have the artifact, too, though. The The Fallen that she, like, turns the machine on, He's got he's got one of those in his hand. Or they have one of those in their hand. Give me up, Scotty. Yeah. Oh, that's so... That goes back to our ultimate thing about the uh, the copy. Is it really you? Oh, right. Um, <laughs> which, for me, that's not a solution to immortality. Like, if it's a copy of me and not actually me, I'm kind of bummed. Don't know. I feel like I would still be dead. There'd just be this thing that's like Taylor running around. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's... It's distinguishing legacy versus uh, oneself at that point. Uh, if you want your yourself to be able to continue on in some format where you can actually continue your work and or your, what you view, view as is important, then mm. having a copy of you could be essentially an extension of yourself. But I, I do see your point, Taylor, in oh, the yeah. fact that a, a copy is not... Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's inherently not, not going to be you. It's right. It's, it is a copy, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to be Odysseus's ship. Or Theseus' ship, sorry. <laughs> I guess yeah. both. I guess that both works. <laughs> the Odyssey. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, whoa, I want it both ways. <laughs> I want it both ways. Everybody does. I always wonder in, in some of those last pages if maybe, if and when it is successfully done, the uh, the there's any like a uh, interaction with uh, your previous self like uh like obviously you would be dead by the way it's explained like you know that the brain would be dead uh but i just wonder if like you know if it is successful for clovers or like when it's finally successful for elsie if she's like gets up and sees her body there right like something like that and i'm just i i'm very very curious about that but one thing that I love that she's coming back for this stuff, especially darkness powers. Remember when she told us she wasn't forged in light? Yes. Yeah, and it's like we've had so many theories about that uh, over the years, and I'm just I'm really jazzed that it's coming full circle. Um, I'm excited. I kind of want to see if we get any more about Maya Sunderesh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know we're going to see Elsie. I know we're going to see, obviously, Aldrin's coming back. Spoilers for those people who haven't watched the Pydog. <laughs> well, say... been on social media for the last week. I still say his name is Kevin until I hear I hear different. I yeah. feel like, I feel something very un-emo-y is what Pulled Pork would give him for a name. Crow. He calls himself Crow. He does. I, st- I, I still like Kevin. That's just, a, you know. You know I still... what actually blows my mind with that though hmm. it's a little too on the nose for Aldrin because <laughs> right. of him running the crows right like he used mm-hmm. to run the crows for Mara but exos aren't supposed to have any anything from their past same with guardians why did, right yeah 
why yeah guardians thank you for the correction on that why why does he know why does he call himself crow i actually wonder if it's well you see him with that spider poncho on i wonder if that's just how the spider addresses him and he just rolls uh, with it yeah just started calling him that yeah because like he he'll, yeah. yeah like tiny morsel okay crow like he knows <laughs> he knows like the spider knows what he is and the spider would probably do like shitty things like that never actually tell him he knows his past but just like drop little things with the nicknames that like he'll never connect the dots to until he finds out. Yeah, absolutely. I could see Spider doing that. Me too. Yeah. And then when he gets mad, Spider's just like, "Hey, like you never asked." And that, <laughs> like, I'm not in the business of just giving away information for free. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the very last line in the book before you get to the bolded part? <sighs> Uh, M. Sundarish came upon me just now. She seemed fascinated by my distress. She said several comforting things and then made one extremely unpleasant suggestion that my pride and haste has caused Mr. Juk's death. I've decided to hate her. <laughs> that is so, that's such like a robotic response. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of, uh, of, uh, of, all right, Tombstone, another movie buff, but uh, if, no, if... I know Tombstone. All right, so um, when Doc Holliday meets mm -hmm. uh, meets the cowboy he has the showdown with, uh, uh, Johnny Ringo, for the first time, he's sitting there talking with Wyatt, and he's like, no, no, I've decided. I hate him. <laughs> he just reminds me of... Uh-huh. <laughs> of that sort of like very matter of fact, like have no problem saying it like very loudly and flatly. Oh yeah. I what what does he do to things he hates? Like does he is he gonna get rid of her? Do we find out that Maya gets killed? Because that doesn't make sense if Maya shows up forty years later. Right. I well it just it makes me wonder. Like that goes back to is is it actually Maya? Is it like a clone? Yeah. Is it Maya 2? Watch me too. Chioma. We just want that romance, guys. I that would... Destiny romance. It's like the first romance in Destiny 2. Like, that was the one everyone was like, oh my gosh, they're partners. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I kind of see that happening with one of the, uh, I feel like one set. And they might not be, like, the set that knew each other. But I feel like one set of the Ishtar clones is going to ultimately make it out of the Vex network with Praedeath. Yeah! Mm -hmm. But I feel like the whole time it's going to be, like, I don't know, you know in, like, health class when they show the sperms trying to make their way, like, a bunch of them are dying off and having to make, like, sacrificial moves? I feel like it's just going to be, like, watching an air raid in a World War II movie. Like, all the different, like, Mayas are getting blown out of the sky and only one's only one set of, of, of each person's going to make it through. I don't think we're going to have many copies at the end of that journey. Probably not. But do you think they'll be able to walk through the gate? Do you think that's going to be, like, one of the big spoilers? That, that scene at the end of, mm. what was it, Undying? When mm -hmm. we had the gate... Because we all were guessing that they were going to come through the gate in the tower, but maybe it's the wrong gate. Well, I actually, now that we have open exo-frames, I kind of see them needing a body. Yeah. And I think maybe walking into the gate and, like, you know, you open your eyes on your rope or the deep stone crypt. 
wouldn't be the most unfitting thing to happen now that we know how interconnected the Vex and uh, and Exos are. Now, wouldn't that be something? That's the final thing that we're trying to do in the in the Deepstone Crypt is actually get them out of the Vex mm-hmm. network. That would mm-hmm. actually make me very happy because that would. Uh, <laughs> That would be a very, a very nice, like, journey for those characters who decided to just go in to try and, like, help. Like, it's, it's like a finding out that you're, that you're, like, a character in something or, like, you know, like, essentially that you're not real or you're not the you that you thought you were. You're, like, a facsimile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then quite selflessly saying, well, okay, I'm going to try and help the real us's. Like, it's, it's very wholesome, very Bill and Ted. I love it. Yeah. The only thing is, is I could leave Dwayne McNye in there and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> most annoying fucking character in that group. <laughs> I, 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 I like, alright, so I don't like Dwayne, but I love how much everyone else hates Dwayne. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is a hateable character. I, I, actually, I absolutely love it. Like, like readers, other characters, I, I'm pretty sure the writers I've heard on shows be like, yeah, no, Dwayne, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> God, yeah. What, there was Dwayne, Dr. Shim, was it Maya and Chioma? I believe so. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. I'd have to go, I'd have to go back to be, no, to be sure, but I think so. I, I believe it is. it is those four. And all their facsimiles thereof. Uh, all the copies. Well, it's really interesting. I, one thing that I never actually thought about till just now. Why were they the only people in those simulations? Because they were the original team studying it. Because if was a, I want to say it was Maya and Doctor Shim talking, uh, having that conversation where the Vex was simulating them during the conversation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And how they had discovered that aspect of how the Vex thinks, which goes back to the journal. Clovis discovers this as well. The Vex don't think normally like we do when it comes to solving problems. It doesn't have logical sequences. It creates its own versions of us to work out the problem for us by creating a a simile of what they understand of us, right? Mm -hmm. That... The fact that Ishtar discovered it first, which is part of the Vex research, I'm sure that Clovis Wishy had had, had his hands on prior, mm-hmm. led them to go into the Vex network to learn more about them. But at the same time, going into the Vex network, they were being simulated as going into the Vex network. Because the Vex knew they were going into the Vex network. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess, I guess, I guess what I was what, um, which like that, yes, a hundred percent, yes. Um, and I, I think where, where my mind was going was a little bit more of why weren't there any other people in any of those simulations? Like, I, I, I guess I kind of get that they were doing their own research out on Venus mm-hmm. and that like, maybe that was a pretty like remote way to work. And like their only contact outside of themselves was to, you know, was, was remotely. So like, maybe that makes sense, but it just, I never thought about it till just now they go into these simulations and there's only copies of themselves. Like there's no one else there. There's no, like, 
there's no simulation of a new member of the team potentially showing up. Like there's no, there's no imagination about what ifs outside of those people. Right. Which is really I mean, interesting. They're the ones, was it 114 copies or something like that? It's, it's a little over a hundred copies of themselves. Still. I think they had 227 was the original number. Right, right, right. But that reminds me of what happens with Vance when he goes into the infinite forest. Mm-hmm. And he has those multiple copies, and then he ends up punching the eyes out, or pu- pushing the eyes out of one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good old Vance. <laughs> Good old Vance getting his last yayas in before going down. His redemption arc. <laughs> right. <laughs> As I watch Vance become a guardian. Nah. Well, I'm, I'm just staying. I think. Home. I think for both reasons outside of game and in game i think he's probably oh well yeah uh, now he's 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 uh he's uh he's uncle ben now he's he's not coming back yeah for sure especially now that you have saint back and everyone actually really likes saint mm-hmm. it also begs sorry go ahead. i was just gonna say i think the only thing we really liked about vance was the mystery around osiris that he represented yeah i was gonna say for you also have to beg the question if Vance is in the Infinite Forest, can he even be rest? No. He would. He wouldn't have a corpse to uh, base the uh, base the initial resing off of. Well, it depends that's... how you feel that the Infinite Forest what it actually is. Mm-hmm. If the Infinite Forest is just a supercomputer, it's just his data going in there, which makes you wonder. Like it's the digitized of him, but that digitization isn't complete obviously because they assumed he still had eyes which is why i find that call out at the end of the what that card <laughs> and duress and egress really interesting because vex have imperfect simulations even mm-hmm. of humans mm-hmm. it's yeah it's really it's really kind of scary um to think what all they're able to because of like if running the simulation of time, if if time, you know, isn't an object, they could, I mean, like, and, and they can loop it. They could be running the simulation, you know, uh, tangentially from whatever point in time you're actually occupying. And it's just, like, that. that's crazy that they could actually work out everything that you could possibly do. And then know how to, how to either counteract or, like, use you. Yep. And then Clovis Bray came along and was like, I'm going to suck their mind juice out. <laughs> Mixed it with some chocolate. I mean, darkness. I mean, clarity. I mean, pork's blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's what clarity is. It's just the remaining pig. It's just pork. <laughs> I'm sorry. With a name like Clovis, I feel like he's got he's to belt oh, out something randomly. I didn't make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> using cloven hooved. <laughs> oh, and, and well, it's all right. So Clovis using cloven hood animals to regrow his own DNA based organs and then eating him part, essentially part of himself, something that's based right. on his own DNA. Which is accurate for pigs because they will cannibalize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Savaging. I'm going to start using that whenever I see something ridiculous happen in Destiny. Like, especially with, like, uh, parent-child relationships. Looking at you, Hive. 
just gonna <laughs> just gonna be like, do you see what do you see what Oryx did there? Savaging. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Even Elsie doesn't Elsie call it out out in here that he's savaging? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's he's uh he's basically because at the beginning of the book he talks about the danger that all of his children represent because they actually will cloud if if he fails they'll cloud his legacy and and make it their own. Um, yeah. And so he's he 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 like when he first talks about savaging he actually finds that maybe like maybe the mother pigs are just trying to defend themselves, which is fucking creepy. Like that's someone who eats their kids says. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to wonder, like, just Clovis, I don't know. You just have to wonder who hurt him. Like, mm-hmm. is he just that spoiled brat who got everything he wanted? And then when he started not getting what he wanted, manipulated the situations until he got what he wanted all the time? Is Clovis Bray our president? Ooh, I mean, I mean, I'm not hearing a no. I'm not, I, for what it's worth, I don't think Clovis would ever accidentally say Kefefe. <laughs> Probably not. Probably I'll give him, I'll give him that much credit. <laughs> but then again, some folks will never eat themselves, and then again, some folk will, like Clovis. <laughs> oh my god. I probably, yeah, I probably just pissed off a half of your No, no, honestly, you, you, you being honest about your truth is totally welcome here. I, I, uh, you know, I've, I've been very plain about where I stand, so I don't think there's any, I don't think, uh, there are no secrets on the spin foil theory Good podcast. Deal. Good deal. <laughs> so, yeah, I have, I have no problem with it. That stays in as far as I'm concerned. Sweet. <laughs> I'm happy with it. <sighs> Go and vote. <laughs> yes uh yeah mm-hmm. that's been that's been our mantra that's been our mantra all all week um that was that was our shout out at the end with trams is you know just letting people know that like one if you're of age you live here and you can you need to you're not too good for voting and voting is not beneath you go vote right. like you're not... doesn't matter like i i'm not going to tell you who to go vote for but mm-hmm. just go vote just mm-hmm. go participate in the political process so when you have something to complain about later, you have actual weight and reason to complain. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you participated. You yep. tried to do something. <laughs> you... Yeah, um, I think I think it's uh, I think that's entirely the appropriate uh, mindset. Like, like I say, if uh, anyone listening to this, like uh, it, it, this may be out after Tuesday, but, uh, you know, if, if it's not, you know, like. If if you want to add me, I, I I I am happy to suggest who you should vote for. Same. I am I am very like that is a quick answer. Um, I will. There will not be anything for me to debate internally before before letting you know who I would who I would recommend. Um, but uh, that that being said, like you're you know if if you're who this message is for, you're an adult. You don't need me to tell you, but a. But like, in case I do, I will. That's fine. Reach out. <laughs> this comes out afterwards. Keep up with your local mm-hmm. election. Yeah. That's almost more important than what we're dealing with with the presidential election. Keep mm-hmm. up with who's going in, who's going out. Ask people around town. Like Colorado does a really nice thing where they send out a a breakdown of all the amendments that are suggested and like 
having both arguments within the booklet. So hmm. Julie and I were able to read through every single change and know exactly what we were voting on and yeah, like cool. the arguments for and against it, which is super nice. Like I know not a lot of states do that, but if your state does get a hold of one of those when it comes closer to like more, not general elections, but more local elections and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, there was there was definitely some stuff in uh, on the DC ballot. I voted early, so uh, I've gotten it uh, I've gotten it done. Um, mm -hmm. But the uh, there was some yeah there was some stuff on there that uh, you know thanks to Kari, my uh, my girlfriend, it, yeah I was actually prepared to vote on um, that I just hadn't you know it's living in DC is really weird. Your local politics tend to be the national politics. Your like local news tends to be the national news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so there's there's not a lot ironically i so like fun fact for you guys like especially you guys in swing states might find this really interesting um i don't get any political polling stuff i get like some mailers from local guys i nobody oh. calls me no no campaign commissions ever bother me like i don't i don't get a lot of attention here in dc as a voter weird well it's it's we're only three electoral votes and we're generally spoken for yeah. Like, there's not a lot of ambiguity about which way DC is going to go. <laughs> so, I guess I, being in Colorado, it's generally a swing state. It's not this year, but mm -hmm. normally it is. Mm -hmm. So, I get, I mean, we didn't get too many flyers or anything like that, but the booklet we, that we got was actually put out by the, the, um, the government body organizing the the actual voting for the election it is a part of the election committee it's not sponsored by the democratic party or sponsored by mm. the republican party it's by the electoral group and oh, our state cool. puts something together that explains everything and gives mm. you the, the even a fairly even explanation on both on what you're voting on which is kind of nice because we have some some things coming up with fracking and mm -hmm. environmental mm. concerns and money that is being used from uh, the sell of pot in our state. Mm -hmm. What that's all getting used for? That mm -hmm. comes up almost every time. Well, I imagine that's such a. Ever since you guys done it, I just keep reading about what a what a great boon of revenue it's been. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I you know like I you know all right it's legal here in DC too. I'll tell you like I I definitely remember <laughs> I definitely remember supporting like our own process thereof. Um I think you guys got to do it better because you don't have the same restrictions so for sure. sure. <laughs> it's it's really funny here in DC for anyone who doesn't know you can't buy pot but you can give it to people for free. So a lot of the like air quotes businesses that are set up around it like especially the pop-ups is you go in and you buy like a $30 bottle of water and then they give you some weed as a gift with your purchase. <laughs> nice yeah like that's that's how they got around that's it that's hilarious yeah <laughs> the thing with ours is because it's not uh federalized mm -hmm. you can't do any sort of debit card or credit card purchases it all has to be done oh. in cash and banks actually oh. will not work with any of the dispensaries they have to they have to do it all on their own it's very wild west and how they're able to do it hmm. and it's uh i'm hoping for some i mean it, it's not like they're not doing well they're still paying taxes on it a huge amount of taxes and they're still doing very very well for themselves there's they're like the new starbucks in the state at the moment mm -hmm. i love that up everywhere. but it's interesting to see the hoops that they have to jump through and how it doesn't make sense legally that they're being forced to do that yeah 
I would, I would agree with that. Like, if, it, if it's legal commerce, you should be able to have all the uh, accesses and benefits, uh, within the state at least, of, uh, of any other business. In my yeah. view. <laughs> and this spin foil cast has taken a very interesting turn. I mean, I'm sure, I, I bet there's a lot of people who are like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> Charlie That's... Brown's teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly learning things that I wasn't expecting to learn about today. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth then again, it, I live in Iowa, so we, we get none of the fun stuff. <laughs> except uh... except for all the political ads. I was gonna say <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel sorry for Iowa every election season. It's just you guys get bombarded so stinking hard. It's 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 rough sometimes. I, I have gotten to the point where I've just completely cut cable and everything else. It's just not worth it. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm actually wondering if, like, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, Bagels, in, in, in how I'm picturing it. I'm just imagining you've seen so many different politicians eat corn. <laughs> like, <laughs> at your fair, just like in every... In a figurative manner? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> like... Is it going in the mouth or in a different orifice? That I, whichever one is necessary at that particular moment. Oh my! Yes. <laughs> oh my! Answer. Oh my! That's that. All right. All right. That's, <laughs> this pot did Not take a turn. <laughs> um, guys, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I'm 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 kind of like lore crashing right now. I got to be honest. I I, uh, I I I just like I want to read this again and again and again. And keep like noticing new stuff. Like, oh my god, I love all. Like, I I just want to know more about the symbols and the language because they're like kind of like a little bit Japanese, like a little bit like conjurinated on the diagrams. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like the one looks like it's it it's like a cross between on a on page twenty four. It's like a cross between a like a like a circuit board and a nervous system. Okay diagram yeah i bet you that's what that is yeah like it yeah it looks yeah it looks like that's 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 your brain up there that's where the the closest that's where clarity is with that symbol popping up again uh would be the merging between the the light and the dark and uh it appears to me anyway the infinity Mm. sign that's the clovis phrase the other clovis phrase symbol Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, (laughs) I love the I love the CC and like the CBs at the bottom. They remind me of uh, like I used to watch a lot of Looney Tunes growing up as a little kid, just because it was still all over the TV everywhere. And it reminds me Mm -hmm. of that old Warner Brothers symbol. Oh, stylish, stylishly, like I just keep expecting uh, Tom and Jerry to pop out. Amazing. <laughs> if they had their own version of Tom and Jerry and like Clovis Bray, the company had put it out like they they were much more a mega corporation than we had realized. They also Tom had a fast food chain. Way way scarier. <laughs> oh yeah, Tom would actually consume Jerry, but that wouldn't uh, be the end. Clones <laughs> of himself to run around at this point. <laughs> Oh man, and Jerry also Jerry also eats the clones. <laughs> there, he makes a lot of uh, sous vide. Jeez. <laughs> um, I think I think I'm winding down that. Um, shout outs. Uh, Green, do you have any? Do you have any shout outs that you would like to? Uh, you would like to plug on the on the show? Uh, my shout out actually goes to a very particular guardian who actually purchased the collector's edition for me as a gift. Mm. 
hmm. during a time where I didn't actually have a whole lot of extra spending money. So it goes out to Wicked Jester, who actually was <gasps> had bought the collector's edition for me. Oh, what? Yeah, Wicked guy. <laughs> guy, you guys know him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he is. He his chair is currently in a place in prominence in the Five Timers Club Lounge. Yes, he is actually putting that chair possibly in his office eventually. I know oh. they were looking at getting him one. Did they finally get him one? <laughs> I really, uh, you know what? I would, I would donate to that to that crowdsourcing campaign. I don't know if I actually <laughs> want to directly touch the chair, but I'll. <laughs> I would donate. Yeah. I, would do- I would donate to the chair fund. <laughs> Sanitizer. Um. It's 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 so much embroidery. There's no way it's ever. Like, you're never getting it completely clean. <laughs> <You're> never... <laughs> nope. Not once. <laughs> it's just gonna stain browner and browner. Oh God. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <sighs> <sighs> so shout out to Wicked for that image. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> made his guest spot on the show even though he's not here six timers club there you go <laughs> he's, he's in our head oh. he has a permanent spot there I was going to say Wicked is Sabathun confirmed oh god you can take that title I'm fine with it I'm saying we said his name and now he's just he's already here too <laughs> many times in a row though he might show up Ooh, I, you know what you know what I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We can we can say his name three times like Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, Mr. Beggs, sir, you got any, you got any shout outs? I'm just going to give a shout out to Orchid and to Elemist, who welcomed us on to uh, Gardens, Guardians of Lore earlier. And yes. we recorded with them. I think this has a chance of coming out before that episode comes out. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, but still, uh, we, we recorded with them this morning and it, it was a blast. So shout out to those guys. Cause they're, they were awesome and great hosts. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to mirror those shout outs. I want to, yeah, I want to mirror those shout outs. I want to give, uh, green in the off chance someone came on this show and didn't know who you were. Where could anyone find you? Where, where could they find out all, all of your great works? You know what? It's actually slightly changed recently because we've had like I'm on Focus Fire Chat, the podcast for lore. If you want to go into like a super deep, deep dive, that tends to be Blue's cup of tea. I I'm basically the wrangler. I'm there. I I provide context and keep them on track on Focus Fire Chat. But you can find me on Twitter. And you can now find me in what's currently called the Guardians of Lore Discord. We're actually getting rid of the Focus Fire Chat Discord and combining with Guardians of Lore because Orchid, one who just got the shout out, mm-hmm. uh, Orchid and Elemis allowed us to combine our communities because Orchid is also a part of Focus Fire Chat as a co-host. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. just kind of we're consolidating everybody like into the same area because there's a lot of great theorists and. Mm-hmm. Guardians of Lore, and there's a lot of great theorists in Focus Fire Chat, and we just kind of want those two families to meet a little bit and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. So we are currently there. It's going to be renamed, but you'll be able to find the link to that on my Twitter once that goes live. And yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm excited for it. We have a fairly clear winner of what the name's going to be because we had a contest to rename Ooh. the site. And I'm going to share it with you guys when we're off air here. Okay. It's pretty <laughs> fucking 
hilarious. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm super jazzed. I'm super jazzed to find out. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. I'm glad we got to be maybe on the forefront of the that updated information. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like the way that goes. Um, so. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much for being on the show here. Um, I want to give a shout out before we uh, we completely wrap up. I want to give a shout out to uh, my best friend Taylor, who came over uh, this weekend and kind of put up with me being on four podcasts uh, while while he visited me. <laughs> um, I uh, it all kind of well, he was he was cool too. He was visiting other people. It's not as bad as I make it sound, but uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to him. We we had a lot of fun. Did uh, did some D and So I want to I want to give a shout out to uh, to you, buddy. Um, and I want to give a shout out to, like, honestly, like, regardless of when this comes out, like, I want to give a shout out to everyone who voted. You participated, you did it. Um, if this comes out before, you know, I'm sure you're going to do it. I believe in you. Get down there and make it happen. And, uh, you know, it's it, ultimately, if, if you don't, I think you're going to look back and regret it. So, uh, so just, uh, save yourself that heartache. Go out there and participate. Indeed. Uh. Oh, oh, I love that. Uh-huh. I love it, I love it, I love it. And what do I love? You guys have no idea. But. <laughs> okay, um, guys, with that, I'm going to close this out here. Thank you so much uh, to our guest. Um, thank you, the listener, for, for coming, for visiting. If uh, if you haven't heard of us before, uh, you can you can find us um, on Podbean, every, uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Uh, you can you can review us wherever you want. Um, if you want to write to us, you can write us at spinfoiltheory at gmail You can tweet us at spinfoiltheory. You can tweet just me if you have like very specific beef. Um, at this is Red Leader L I T R E all one word. Um, and I you know if if you write in a fan theory, we've been talking about this a lot. We just want to put it out there again. We will respond to you one way or another. Like hundred mm-hmm. percent promise. We will either write you back. We'll talk about it on the show. Might get your own show, like not Arf did. So just mm-hmm. just putting that out there. Like be, get get excited <laughs> if 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 you do have one that you wanna that you wanna maybe get to a a larger platform or just share because you thought it was a you thought it was cool cool way to look at things. So with that, everyone, stay safe. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's the end of this week's topic, but be sure to check out our past and future episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. If you have any questions about this week's topic, want to discuss Destiny Lore with us, or if you just feel like reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at Spinfoil Theory, or you can email us via spinfoiltheory at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. The Lore Network.